Well, good morning. What's up? How's it going? I'm Chris, kids and youth pastor here and whatever else is needed. So I'm just here. <laughs> it's just what I do. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Father. God, we just love you so much. Go just put your hand on your heart. God, we just love you so much. We just want to be close to you right now, God. Father, thank you for freeing us of religion today. Thank you for inviting us into Christianity. Thank you for inviting us into a relationship. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for resuscitating us today. Amen. Yeah. So, uh, Pastor Dwayne, oh, he's right there, cool. But can we just give a big hand for the wolves? Yes, we love them. Love them so much. Thanks for the privilege to serve with you, under you, and to bring me up here. You guys are awesome. I love this house. This house is a house of destiny. Um, I'll never stop saying it. This is where people f- discover and find their call. And uh, if you give yourself more than a week, I promise you, something will happen for good. And uh, youth, young adult, babies, whatever it is, like God releases destiny in this place. And I love it. It's so good. Jesus. 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 Yeah. And I'm, I'm here to let you know you're free to express yourself. You're free to express yourself. Uh, you know, the world needs zealots for Jesus. There's zealots for all kinds of things. Oh, but the world needs zealots for Jesus. So I'm giving you opportunity today to uh, get free of boring Christianity. I'm, I'm going to free you today for not just attending church. I'm going to release you into building the church. I just, I just want to free you from uh, religion, and I want to bring you into Christianity. You know, you're, you're free to express zealots, express themselves, let me tell you. Muhammad Ali, baby. What a dude. What a man. Whether people liked him or not, that dude was a zealot. Let me tell you. You know, what's interesting is at the age of 12 years old, his bike was stolen and he wanted to go find the person and beat him up. And so he told the police officer that. And that police officer, who was a boxing trainer, said, you got to learn how to fight first. And so we took him under his wing. Age of 18, he captured two national Golden Glove titles, two amateur athletic union national titles, 100 victories against eight losses, After graduating high school, he traveled to Rome to win the 1960 Olympic gold medal. 1964, heavyweight champion of the world. He captured the heavyweight title three times. His career record in that was 56 fights, five losses, and 37 knockouts. He received the Presidential Medal of Honor from President George W. Bush. It's the highest honor for a citizen known. You know, that dude, when he opened his mouth, you either were excited or PO'd. One of those. I love a few things that he said. I done wrestled with an alligator. I done tussled with a whale. Handcuffed lightning, thrown thunder in jail. Only last week I murdered a rock. Injured a stone, hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. (laughs) If you even dream of beating me, you better wake up and apologize. (laughs) 
I'm the greatest. I said that before I even knew I was. Something about your words lead you right. This guy was a zealous. Look, it ain't never been another fighter like me. Ain't never been no nothing like me. Man. The world's looking for zealots. The world's looking for zealots. Zealots aren't always liked. They aren't always accepted. They don't always... Uh, you don't always want to listen to them or be around them and make you feel uncomfortable. Man, I was tossing and turning up a lot of last night, just chewing on this word and just realizing that the world needs zealots. Uh, do, doing youth here, and we meet on Wednesday nights, and mo- most of the youth that attend here with families, they come. And, man, I recognize the youth need to see. They need to see the older ones zealous. They need to see the older ones zealous. I know it's exciting too for the older ones to see the younger ones zealous, but they also need to see us older ones zealous. And I'll tell you, there's a remedy to not wanting to go to church. There's a remedy for boring Christianity. There's a remedy for giving up, and that's maintaining zeal. We're going to look into James chapter 1. I call this a zealot's cry because it's crazy. Verse 2, James chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Does anybody find that a little awkward? (laughs) Consider it joy when you face trials. From the get-go, he says, oh yeah, when things don't go well, you you should be so joyful. You should just get giddy inside when things don't work out. You know, it's interesting, Merriam-Webster says joy is a feeling of great happiness. It also says a trial is a test of faith, patience, or stamina through subjection to suffering or temptation. You know, in the Greek, the word trial means to prove your integrity. Did you know happiness and joy are two different things? Happiness Joy, they're not the same thing. Happiness to Merriam-Webster. He's the dude today. Feeling good. Feeling good. Y'all feeling good right now? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe so. You'll feel good after today. You know, happiness in the Bible means to set right, to be blessed. But you see, joy is aligned with faith. And here's the thing. Zealots, they have faith. And here's the thing about faith. It's active. It's not dead. And so the reason why we do this paint the town stuff is so that y'all won't be dead. It's so that we won't be dead. Right? We don't want to be dead. If we just come to church, but we don't go out, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think, I don't know, I feel like Jesus would cry and be depressed if he only went to the temple on Sunday for an hour and did nothing else. Just played like backgammon or something. He'd be a he probably, I don't know, would have given up his life sooner. What's the point? Hour of power. It's funny that hour is not that long, right? You know, I would say, hey, let's all sacrifice an hour, but if Jesus sacrificed life, on two different levels, right? Throwing punches. All right, verse three. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So he's saying joy is enduring a trial because the testing of your faith produces endurance. 
That word joy means, it goes in with meaning, meaning thrive, to thrive. To thrive. Did you know, 30 times in the Bible, happiness is mentioned. Happier happiness. Joy and rejoice is 300 times. So instead of feeling good, it wants us to have faith and endure. That's what life's about. Verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Let endurance have its perfect result. Zealots, zealots endure. I don't know about you, but I've, uh, I've experienced and seen people give it quits, throw in the towel. This Jesus thing, this church thing, man, I've done it, I tried it, I'm getting nothing out of it. You see, when we don't endure, when we don't push through, and then, here's the thing, it's for anything. Marriage needs endurance, right? Raising kids needs endurance. (laughs) Being raised by parents needs endurance. (laughs) Committing to a church needs endurance. Every single area, going to school needs endurance. This is all if you want to complete everything. This is all if you want everything to end up well. This is, God is, when God asks us to endure, he's saying, I want everything you have in your life to last. When they don't, it's not on him. He wants everything good to last in your life. Do you know he gives every good thing and perfect thing? God gives good and perfect things. That's who he is. That's who we're talking about. Verse 4, perfect result is through endurance. See, the endurance is the outcome of the completion of the testing of your faith. That's what comes when you choose to endure. One of the quotes by Muhammad Ali that I love too, he says something along the lines of, I hated training, I hated it every day, but I kept doing it because I know I'd be a champion after. See, there's a goal in mind. There's a goal in mind. If any of you are feeling dead and dry, if you're feeling bored even right now in this very moment, the Lord wants to stir some zeal in you. Why, why would we go out and spend an hour? I mean, there's not really any shows on at noon, is there? No. no. Don't even say if there is, okay? But I don't think there is. But why do we go out in the heaping hot sun, right, to go love on people? Because there's this zeal we have. There's this zeal. David said, zeal for the house of the Lord consumes me. Did you know that same thing that David said? Jesus quoted that when he was turning tables, when people were selling things, using the temple just for their gain. There's this zeal that God is calling us to have for the house and for him. See, we've got to be zealous for Jesus. We've got to be zealous. And in that, we're zealous for his bride, for us, the church. And zealous for our families and zealous for other people, for the world. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. That's what Muhammad said. Don't quit. Verse 5, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I love this. God never withholds wisdom. Did you know zealots are wise people? Zealous of Jesus, right? They're wise people. If you need an answer in life, if you don't know what to do, if you're here, your kid's all the way over there. God's got answers. 
your marriage sucks, God's got answers. Man, if you feel like you're going nowhere, you're just doing a job, just living life, God's got answers. You just got to seek him. You just got to ask him. He'll give it to you. He'll give you wisdom. Here's the thing. Being zealous, it's not like a, okay, I'm a zealot now. Okay? Because, you know, that's like we got freedom to express ourselves, right? And so, I mean, we're not robots. That's why we got free will. God is looking for us to be zealous, though. He's asking for us to choose. You see, being zealous, you've got to continually maintain. Continually maintain. Or else we would just meet once a year or something on a Sunday. Verse 6, But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Ask in faith without any doubting. Get this, verse 7, For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Woo! I didn't say that. This is why this is a zealot's cry. He's saying, hey, ask in faith with no doubt. And if you're doubting, don't expect a thing. Oh, dude. You see, it's hard to be zealous in the very thing that we doubt. You know, if I doubt in God, I'm not going to be excited about my relationship with him. And I'm not going to be excited about church. I'm not going to be excited about helping people. You see, doubt kills zeal. But zeal kills doubt. We gotta, you know, we gotta get on the right side of the teeter-totter. You see, zeal is stirred by faith. What we're finding here, faith is the ladle. It's the ladle that stirs the pot of zeal. When we operate in faith, all of a sudden, we get in that churning going, and we're like, oh yeah, oh, I'm feeling, feeling like I conquered the world now. Zealots don't doubt. Now, it's not ignorance. Let me make that straight. It's not ignorance. Ignorance is lack of knowledge. But you see, not doubting having faith is, we, we say that seeing is believing instead of, no, right? We don't say that. Believing is seeing. That's what zealots do. And so there's no room for doubt because then I won't believe in it if I don't see it. It's all doubt. Everybody say stir zeal. Verse 7, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Ouch. If you do not believe in God and that he's able, the one who created you, the one who thought of you before you even came, the one who set up your destiny, why would we doubt in that dude? The dude who created everything. He's got a purpose and a plan for you. You see, I don't know about you, but if Jesus has provided everything for me, I think that's kind of exciting. You know, that's why we worship. And this is why we're free to express. You know, I know there's a spirit of expression that's being released in this house. You're free to express yourself. You see, to express yourself, you've got to be free. Because if you're not, then it feels weird, kind of insecure. You're like, I'm not saying everybody's got to like do the hokey pokey and worship or whatever, right? Or look like a gong going back, you know, forward or whatever. And you don't have to do it a certain way, right? But just free to express yourself. I don't know about you, but I've seen babies in this house. So I think this house is full of people who express themselves. You following? This place is full of people who express themselves. You know, we're, we're hanging out with a couple, a married couple. Yeah, we may not see all the expression. Thank God. 
right? Right here? But, you know, people here express themselves. You know you can express yourself in a relationship with Jesus? Verse 8, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's the person who doubts. The reason why sometimes we find ourselves being trapped or we leave a Sunday and then Monday we find ourselves back in the same cycle, the same temptation, the same sin, the same just feeling alone, just getting back into something else that will make me feel good other than Jesus. The reason why we do that is because we have this desire for God, but then we also have this desire for something else. This is a double-minded thing. I remember it was huge when I was a teenage boy. I loved Jesus, but I loved her too. Oh, not her? Okay, I love her now. And you. <laughs> we got to teach, teach the young books how to be single-minded. I was, te- I was texting a young buck who had prom last night, and I was speaking all kinds of things through texts of how to be single-minded. I'm like, your body's God's. You honor his temple. I did. <laughs> I was like, and your date? That's God's body too. And I was like, You're, be led by the Holy Spirit. I'll say, he's going to be with you all night, baby. <laughs> I've heard back, so we'll see. <laughs> David said, I hate those who are double-minded. Psalm 119, the same guy who said, a zeal for the house of the Lord consumes me. You see, God wants to bring you single-minded. He wants to, and that's where you find vision, too. That's where you find purpose and focus. When you choose just to lock into who Jesus is and what he has for you, did you know it's so easy to not sin when you're in God's will? And it's so easy to sin when you're not in God's will. Isn't that crazy? It's interesting how if I obey God, I obey him. It's interesting that I find blessings when I obey God. Endurance. Verse 12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Can I get a yes freaking please? Crown of life. Yes. You know, it's similar to Greek culture. The Olympian medalists, the winners, they would put on that wreath as the champions. That's what God puts on you. The crown of life. When you choose to endure, when you choose to do this thing, and don't worry, you don't have to wait for results till right before you die or when you die. You can get results right now. It's amazing. Did you know a life of faith? I realized actually I was I was, I was sitting here and Pastor was encouraging us to give money to God, and I was sitting there realizing it's not a distant thought and idea to me anymore. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's so natural now. I've, I've gotten into it so much. I get more money, I'll give more money. It's like, why wouldn't I do it? Because I've seen and experienced all the blessings. It's ridiculous. I've always, I've never been without. Never. Even when I give more. Doesn't make sense. Two plus two is four, but not in heaven. It's like one minus 20 equals 100. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lusts. Remember, it's easy to sin when we're not in God's will. You see, zealous people, zealous ones for Jesus, they choose to continually stir themselves. That's why we come continually on Sundays. That's why we go to a worship night here and there. That's why we'll come to morning prayer with crazy people that early, 6 a.m. 
Or if you're even really crazy, the dudes that come at 5.30. And if you can't come then, then you'll like sit, come in the office or call pastor or tell me, like, hey, I want to I wanna man a prayer hour. So just, uh, what can I do? I want to do something once a week. Nobody's stopping you. Just because something's not offered doesn't mean you can't set it up. You see, Jesus freed you. You know, to stay and walk in freedom, you got to freely choose to engage in a relationship with him. It's not a like, I'm free! And then you go do whatever you want. I remember I was texting a dude who no longer with Jesus. I was like, bro, what you been up to, man? He's like, just having fun. I'm like, sweet, doing what? It's like, whatever I want. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you see, freedom means you're not bound by anything. It's hard to be free when we're bound by things. And freedom is in Jesus. Jesus is life. He is freedom. Verse 17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, children of light, of the Father of light. Verse 18, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Wait a second. I'm a first fruit? First off, that's weird. Let's find out what that is. Anybody been to BibleStudyTools.com? You can like put in a, a word you want to know what it is, and then you can hit that little, little speaker button, and it says what it is. You know what I mean? The computerized dude. I don't remember how he said you said this word, but here you go. Greek word. Let's go. Parkies? How does that sound? A parkies? Yeah. Let's do that. That word, first fruits, it means a person consecrated to God for all time, person superior in excellence and others of the same class. God has destined you to be superior in the earth. I don't know about you, but Muhammad Ali had a sense of that. Yeah, baby. I'm the best even before I knew was the best, right? You see, zealots understand this. They understand that they are meant to be part of a high call, a high purpose. Zealous people understand this. They don't got to be convinced to come to church. They don't got to be convinced to do something more than the 10 a.m. because they are so passionate. Having zeal is having passion. I already told you, I know this house is full of people who express themselves. I've seen proof. Verse 21, therefore putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness and humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. A zealot is someone who will put aside all filthiness, all things that are wicked, and you'll do everything it takes to do that. Everything, whatever it takes. You'll get rid of the very source that is allowing you to access Satan's plan for your life. The very thing that allows you to access your fleshly desire and your fleshly lust. A zealot will get rid of everything that gives him access. He'll do everything it takes, everything it takes. Verse 22, but prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. Those of us, that's a double ouch, by the way. Those of us, when we just hear on a Sunday and then we go and do nothing about it, it's calling us ones who are deluded. It's saying, prove yourselves doers of the word. That's why Jesus said, those who have ears, hear, right? Right? Anybody got him? 
hearing the word one time is not enough. We've got to continually hear it. Everybody say continual. Let me have everybody stand up here. Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. When I just hear the word and I do nothing about it, the Bible says I'm looking in a mirror and I walk away and I completely forget who I am. You see, the word of God says who I am. And if I just listen to it, but I don't engage and operate in faith of what the word says, I'm going to forget who I am. The reason why we find ourselves trapped in in sin and all kinds of things that Jesus doesn't want for us is because we're not doing what we're hearing, and God wants to release you today to do the word. Jesus is called the living word, and we're called to be exact representations of him. And if I'm called to be an exact representation of Jesus, who was the living word, I'm to live the word out. And Jesus only did the Father's will. And if he did the Father's will, he probably spent some time with the Father to find out what his will was. That's why he woke up at the crack of dawn to pray. So if I'm to be a representation of Jesus, the living word, who lives out what this is, obviously I probably need to read it continue to be a part of a community of believers at church and spend some time in prayer with the Father because that's where I find out His will for my life and then I'll go be Jesus. You know, it's easy for us to try to be Jesus before we do any of that. But be one who looks intently at the perfect law, the word, the law of liberty and abides by it. Not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer. This man will be blessed in what he does. You want to be blessed? Do what the word says. It's that simple. Do what the word says. You want to be blessed? Stop messing around. You want to be blessed? Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Pure and undefiled religion, last verse, in the sight of our God and Father is this. To visit orphans and widows and their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. God is asking for people to be with people, and he's asking for those people to be with people to not be defiled by the world. He's asking me, he's asking us to not be like the world, and he's asking us to go love on those who are in need. You know, it's interesting, you'll find a lot of people in situations they never wanted to be in, never thought they would be in, because of their disobedience from the will of God, and because they chose to go with what the world was doing. See, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come to bring life and life abundantly. And that's not just a beautiful poem. That is something you get to experience every single day. But it's your choice. It's your choice. I love the thought of God's a good father. But sometimes, especially if you're in a divorced family or you got lack of a relationship with a mother or father, Sometimes we can focus so much as the children on how they're not mothering, how they're not fathering, not forgetting how I'm not being a son. God's a good father, but are you being a son? Are you being a daughter? 